Before today's topic, a quick disclaimer. The stories and data we share come from the states that we practice in and the experiences we personally had, which can differ greatly across our country and certainly the globe. This is not a professional advice show. So get comfy and let's discuss death. And welcome to Morton Mike, a down-to-earth discussion on death and dying. I'm Jem. And I'm Red, and we are your afterlife avoiding adepts this week. Go towards the light, the light at the end of the tunnel, hearing choirs of angels singing. These are just a few colloquialisms that have developed or been adapted to fit one specific event, cheating death itself. There are a few chosen amongst us that have come to the brink of life and the thereafter and have made a complete 180 backflip towards the mortal coil. Is this even possible? What is this phenomenon? And how much trouble does the Grim Reaper get in with their higher-ups for letting one get away? These are some questions we hope to answer for you in today's episode. Uh, So there's going to be a term that you'll hear us mention to exhaustion today, and that term is the near-death experience. Uh, for which we'll be abbreviating as NDE to save in total maybe like three or four (laughs) seconds of your valuable listening time. Um, You're welcome. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So basically what a near-death experience is, is is a uh, personal experience of someone on the edge of death, a retold after recovery. These incidents often share similar features and themes between unrelated persons, though they vary in time, space, age, religion, culture, uh, all of that stuff. So common motifs of these near-death experiences, or NDEs, remember, include but are not limited to a uh, sense of detachment from the physical self, like kind of like an out-of-body experience, um, seeing a light or a tunnel, and um, a sense of peace and calm and warmth, even... Um, a loss of the fear of death. The situations that spur on NDEs occur most frequently in cases of traumatic injury, life-taking scenarios, surgery, accidents, combat, and even childbirth, I came to find during research. Oh, wow. We have a surprising amount of accounts from our friends uh, that have experiences of their own to share on this topic. And um, I, I mean, I've, I had heard of NDEs before, but I never realized it affected so many people that I knew personally. So uh, we'll definitely be peppering those in as we delve deeper in this episode. But before that, have you yourself ever experienced an NDE, Jim? Um, I have not. I am like an extremely paranoid person, so I'm pretty careful when it comes to like life risking maneuvers <laughs> but um no i have not experienced a near death uh, a near death experience before we did have a previous episode in which we talked about our perspectives on our own mortality and this was like an early days episode so don't go listen to it cuz it's <laughs> kind of crusty but <laughs> did not age well did not age well but i did um talk about uh, a point in my life when i was suicidal and experienced suicidal ideation which i feel is a little similar in in a sense, but definitely not the same. And myself, neither. I have never experienced anything like this. Kind of happy I haven't. It, as we'll get into later in the episode, it can be, it can be a lot. So, um, 
I thought a nice little uh, side note to start with, because every time I research, this always happens. Uh, I ended up going down a bunch of rabbit holes and found a lot of related content that I'd never heard of. Um, so something in the same vein as NDEs are DRSEs, and these are uh, death-related sensory experiences. This is something potentially experienced by people who are nearing death when they hallucinate these uh, deathbed visions of witnessing or feeling predeceased loved ones or angels visiting them. And this usually has like a comforting message or connotation that comes with it. And the big difference between these two phenomena is that DRSEs happen during conscious moments. It's not like an out-of-body thing. And many of these happenings are shared with loved ones and nurses overseeing them that's in this imminent death state. Um, these DRSEs can be calming and reassuring to those who are imminent, and it can ease their anxieties of passing on into the next phase of life or death. Uh, there was one study I, I found that showed 62% of people reporting these visions that they uh, actually died 24 hours of the, the DRSE event. And um, that brings me to one of the first stories that I was told by a friend Um it was somebody who lost their aunt, and she had uh, been a retired Navy vet and was ill and dying from bone cancer, um, actually at the hospital that she helped establish the nursing department at, which was like a big deal. Um, mm. But she had a, a vision of an admiral who she served under, who they had themselves had already passed on. And uh, her recollection of the DRSE was that uh, this angel had brought the admiral to her so he could tell her not to be afraid of her death and that there was a place that was uh, waiting for her. The admiral had even mentioned some personal details to prove that he was who he said he was, and then she passed within the week. So I thought that was a really fascinating story um, that my friend shared with me at a party, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good uh, good icebreaker part yeah. of the conversation. <laughs> Definitely. Always talking about death. Um, that is really interesting. And I think as deaf professionals who I mean, you and you and me, Red, both have done so much with body transfer and and being with the families like close to the moment of death. Uh, I do hear like a lot of stories of families being like, oh, you know, she passed like after seeing a light or she said she's like heard angels singing or whatever it was. Um, but yeah, I do think it is like a common thing for people to experience, which we will talk more about later, obviously. Um, but, you know, it is really interesting that that is like a, a common experience for a lot of people, either uh, with a loved one who is... Um, um, actively dying or or themselves experiencing an NDE. NDE. I have to practice saying that. I know. <laughs> we got a lot of a lot of words this time that are not coming off the tongue quite well. NDE. So um actually in while I was researching that, um my first thought when I delved into things was like, okay, so we already defined NDE as something that's can be pleasurable, it's pleasing, it's reassuring, calming. But I was like, well, what if what if people have bad NDEs? And oh my God, yes, that is a thing that exists, and it is horrific. Um, so the the medical journal journal that I read up classified um, negative NDEs into three categories that are enough to make you pray for like a quick and final way out. And these are their names: inverse, void, and hellish. And uh, briefly described each inverse is the feeling of like, no, no, this this isn't right. I'm dying. I don't want to die. That's my body. Put me back in. 
Um, void is uh, pretty true to the name, the feeling of nothingness, perpetual uh, darkness, abyssal, terrifying, perpetual oblivion. Uh, and then hellish is just like, go straight to hell, do not pass heaven, do not collect wings and harp, complete with tormenting shades, horrible smells, and infernal landscapes. It, it is literally something from the Bible. <laughs> oh my God. That sounds like a horror movie level, like mythos or whatever. That is, those are terror probably maybe the most terrifying uh, academic classifications I've ever heard. In I know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was really fascinating. Um, especially like the, the psychology that comes out of it on the other end. Um, a lot of people who experience this specific type of NDEs, they process them as being like a wake up call, uh, like a chance to change themselves and their trajectory. A lot of them actually became like religious after this. Um, some would just like shoo the experience away with like mental jumping jacks and rationalization. Um, and then a lot, like a lot of those types of people would like blame it on like science or psychological means. And then like, other people just couldn't make heads or tails of that traumatic experience. Um, they just, it was confusing to them. So the previous two methods just don't bring a sense of meaning to what people went through. And like, it just, it was more confusing than anything. They weren't able to come away with anything from that experience. So I thought that those were more so than like good NDEs, bad NDEs definitely made people like change their, change their ways, if you will. Yeah, I mean, I guess it can be said for both of them. But yeah, if you like are dying and then uh, going to hell, I I can imagine that would make you want to change your mind about some like behavioral decisions that you've been making in your life. Oh, definitely. Especially (laughs) I'll I'll talk about it a little more later. But some of the things that people were seeing was just like, oh, sweet baby Jesus. (laughs) Like it was it was bad. (laughs) So there's actually a really accessible piece of media that if you're interested in this kind of stuff, you can kind of go watch at your fingertips. Netflix has a series that is called Surviving Death. And this is a six episode mini series, but they cover topics such as like near death experiences, uh, mediums, um, like contacting the dead or um, any sort of like spirit sort of uh, activity. Obviously, they bring in a lot of research. They bring in a lot of experts. Um, I do think it's really accessible and it really kind of explains what's going on. And they also have some really cool stories, just like personal experiences that people share during the episodes and stuff like this. There's, I think the first episode is actually on um, near-death experiences. And um, it talks about these visions that people are having. There was one story where a woman was like whitewater rafting and she uh, got stuck over a waterfall or something and she was underwater for like 20 minutes or something like that. And she saw everything and she remembers it and was like kind of like a spectator from above. And she uh, had some, um, some like, Uh, I don't want to say like come to Jesus, but she had some sort of like higher power interaction and she came back to life and she was previously like a, like a doctor or like a professor or something like this. And she's like, I was never religious and, you know, just very like interesting 
um, things that people have experienced. And uh, I think Netflix presents it in a really nice way. So if you are interested in this and you want to like hear some more cool stories, like in a sort of like theatrical way, obviously, because they Mm -hmm. have like reenactments. Um, I, I really did like it. I think it's very interesting. I hadn't heard about that until you brought it up. That's really cool. I'm definitely going to add that to my list. Yeah. And, you know, they have other episodes about other stuff. And I think they even cover like reincarnation, which is kind of like a branch off of this in a way. But yeah, I would definitely recommend checking that out. That's one of my favorite things uh, after like looking into this stuff was just like the real life uh, stories that people had, which is why I was very interested when um, we had thrown the ball back and forth about doing topics for an episode that I was like, oh, I have to talk to people about this. I want to at least talk to a few people that had these experiences because I think it's super fascinating. So um, I have a I have another friend's story. Um, this friend was drowned by their cousin at five years old. Oh my um, gosh. So that's so that's a great start there. Kids um, are terrifying. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never never trust anybody below your knee. <laughs> um so I'm just gonna read the exact like quotations from uh my friend. At first I was scared and couldn't breathe. Then I saw a light and then darkness. I felt warmth and at peace, no pain. It was like my whole body was hugged all at once. Then my uncle had resuscitated me, which coming back hurts worse more than the dying. It felt like I was being pulled back into my body. My lungs were on fire. My nose and eyes throbbed. I had a headache. It brought me. They brought me to the hospital to get checked out. No religion could explain what happened to me until I took a class on death and dying. It felt so good not to feel like I was crazy with others who had similar experiences. I think, honestly, that's probably, like, my scariest method of dying, too, is drowning. So, like, to go through that and then come back is just, that's that's wild to me. Yeah. And I've, you know, again, there's been so many very similar experiences, like, uh, because everything is on Reddit and people share everything on Reddit. I was actually looking at Reddit before this episode, and there is like a thread of people who have uh, had near-death experiences uh, due to drownings, because it is an extremely traumatic and scary way to go, and it happens slow, honestly. Um, So you can imagine that there is... Um, time, whatever that means, quote unquote time to have these experiences. And it's just crazy. It's the same, like, you know, feeling warm, feeling at peace, um, you know, kind of an outer body experience. So a question that I had as I was going through all of this, I'd like to think that I asked the same questions that you guys probably are thinking on the other side of uh, this podcast as well. And uh, it was, do atheists have NDEs? (laughs) And so this kind of hinges off of um, what I had mentioned before, but one of the interesting examples I found of this uh, was that aforementioned medical paper on the negative NDEs. Um, There was an atheist university professor that experienced one of the hellish types of NDEs, and in his visions, um, after his intestines had ruptured in real life, he was experiencing being maliciously torn apart by monstrous beings in his NDE. And uh, he actually ended up going on to leave university and he started seminary. (laughs) Wow. That's so interesting, though, because wouldn't you think your, okay, so your intestines rupturing, that's like extremely painful. Do you think that the the amount of physical pain that your body is experiencing would like influence this sort of event that is happening? Like maybe that's why he felt this way or why he experienced an NDE of that sort? Oh, I definitely think that... um, 
depend there's a lot of different things that would impact mm-hmm. an NDE and I absolutely think that like the real life thing that's happening would definitely pour over into that definitely I know but that's like we can talk more about this later I'm sure but that's like that's like just like my my views on it you know myself and we're going to talk more about religion in a minute here but I um, don't really subscribe to any certain religion and I'm a very scientific person um, I am not atheist I feel like I am a more anti-theist which is uh, just against organized religions in general but I I look at all of these experiences as like a, oh, that was like a weird like body experience. Like how cool. Like yeah. I, you know, and it, if you're an atheist, I, I don't see why being an atheist would kind of keep you from having these experiences. So I agree. Um, we'll get into it more later for sure. But I definitely think our, our minds and bodies are extremely connected. Um, so, oh, I can't wait to talk about this at the end. I, I just keep <laughs> wanting to mention it. <laughs> There's so much good stuff to talk about here. Well, first we can start with talking about how NDEs differ across certain religions. Um, the one cool thing that me and Red have kind of been seeing is that NDEs are happening across all different cultures and religions and timelines uh, and eras, really. So they've they've been happening amongst a ton of people for a while. So based on a few of the articles that we found, NDEs seem to be uh, taking form of one's religious and spiritual codes. So if you believe in an afterlife, you're very likely to see or feel something pertaining to that in your NDE. Many examples across religions from Islamic, Judaism, Christianity, etc., they all fall in line with that previously held belief system. Atheists and agnostics are the outlier that sometimes they do see the conventional afterlife that is popularized by the masses or just some grand and spiritual good vibes. And I, I definitely do believe that NDEs are linked to one's core beliefs and their lifestyles and things that you're exposed to. Yeah, I think it has a lot to say about maybe how, you know, society exposes people to religion or like how you were raised, blah, blah, blah. Um, Like I was raised Catholic and I definitely still experience that good old Catholic guilt. But like I am not a practicing Catholic for many, many years now. Um, So that's a little simplified. But I, I feel like even if you are like an atheist or agnostic, you know, if you are surrounded by a certain religious convention, then it makes sense that you would experience something like that. Yeah, absolutely. I also found it pretty interesting that um, NDEs have caused non-religious folks to find God, but then some people have also lost their religion after NDEs. Uh, it's it's not it's not one directional. It's it definitely alters people in both ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can definitely see how it's uh, individualized, even with um, um, all the research behind it. So what is the science behind all of this stuff anyway? And um, this is where I'm going to put that Wikipedia needs more citations tag because the amount of repeated and repeatable scientific testing of the subject is pretty low and in all honesty, pretty difficult to study. There's a term of about like 30 years where 3,500 cases were reviewed by like some 55 research teams, but this ranges from when, where, and how all the data was gathered. So before we get into the actual meat and potatoes of it, I thought I would share um, a relevant story from another friend. Um, This friend says, 
I had my heart restarted after being 200 BPM for over an hour. When the ER nurses hit me with the adenosine saline push, it felt like my whole body was cold from the inside out, and then it kicked back on as I felt like I was falling, literally grabbing the sides of the hospital bed, and I screamed in front of the nurses and students who wandered in. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just imagining, like, this person is having, like, a near-death experience, like, almost dying, and then these, like, little med students, which I love them to death, but they're, like, you know, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, yeah. just, like, wandering and, like, oh, I want to be a doctor. I want to help here? people. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, so there are a couple things that are theorized to bring on NDEs um, in terms of uh, medicine or, like, pathologic experiences. Uh, it could be like a loss of oxygen to the brain. This could be medications or like a combination of certain medications. Um, and also like brain chemicals that are produced naturally, um, including the thing that most of you have probably, uh, been screaming about this whole time, which is DMT. All right. But listen here, kiddos. Soapbox time. So when someone's dying, your brain just goes absolutely haywire and releases a floodgate of neurotransmitters serotonin, endorphins, those are your big hitters, and a minuscule, minuscule amount of DMT. DMT is not solely responsible for the experience people have in and around death. The amount that's actually naturally released is nowhere near what it would take as like a recreational amount to hallucinate and trip on this. That's a huge myth. And so many people believe that like, oh, yeah, it's it's DMT that, that causes this. Like, no, no, absolutely not. It's part of it, but a very small part of it. Yeah, and it makes sense because, you know, the whole near-death experience, like flying above your body, that sounds like a very acid-trippy kind of thing that is going on. Um, So obviously people are going to rationalize and talk about the things that they know. Um, DMT is a huge buzzword. I feel like uh, Mm -hmm. people are like, oh, obviously you're on DMT if you're seeing angels or whatever it's the god chemical (laughs) it's it's the god chemical um but like red said uh really there isn't um uh statistically or like as seen in studies which we could talk about in a second there isn't a large amount of dmt being like flooded into your blood like as you are actively um dying and the, you know, the thing to keep in mind there is that these studies, like Red said, are really just difficult to perform, replicate, uh, reproduce. The point of like scientific study is for the experiment to be like reproducible so that could, it can be like proven again. Um, you know, otherwise it's just speculation, you know? Yeah. And, you know, pe- most people that are actively dying are like lining up to, hey, let's strap some brain monitors onto my brain and see how much DMT I'm producing. <laughs> like, Right, exactly. And especially like when you when you read into like all the other things that people are feeling during near death experiences and like actual end of life stuff, like a feeling of peace, like warmth, like happiness even like this is a lot more indicative of the other brain chemicals that you're making instead of dmt because like people would be seeing a lot more crazy stuff if like dmt was the sole like thing causing this so i think it's important i always gotta always gotta put my big butt into stuff but <laughs> it's important <laughs> to know <laughs> yeah I do. I really do think it is cool, though. I mean, like, it is kind of like a sense of comfort to know that, like, hey, um, when you die, like, maybe it's not gonna be a terrifying, like, 
just terrible experience. Like, you know, maybe your body is looking out for you and your brain is kind of being like, hey, uh, we're going to make you feel good because bad, bad things are happening, you know, up in this body. So right. <laughs> it is kind of it's kind of nice to to have that knowledge and, um, you know, whether NDEs are from these brain chemicals or like a combination of like spiritual energy or like, you know, un, unknown brain happenings. Uh, it is really nice. And so now that we have like all that stuff out of the way, I feel like we can finally like talk about, you know, the the bigger picture stuff about uh, NDEs in general is that I and like you, Jim, very much a, a science person myself, uh, not religious at all. And I, I feel like as I was reading through different like stories that people were telling, like it really just felt like it was linked to like what was your life like? What was something that you were like? into whether it was religion something that you were exposed to very often um and it seems like ndes kind of were spawned from that like your brain trying to be good to you as you were passing away is something that really like kind of sucks like no longer existing kind of sucks a little bit but your brain's just like well we know what you believe in and we're going to make sure that you're able to pass away peacefully like that's definitely like what i felt as a lot of people were like sharing their stories is that your brain's just trying to be a good dude and like help you out, help you pass, pass on to the the next phase of your life in, in a really nice way. And I've actually, I read like, it was like an article on this or something, but you know, the death positivity movement and this sort of movement to be accepting of your death and to, you know, embrace your death, whether it's imminent or not, and kind of like sit in that moment and live with those emotions, uh, I think it really kind of um, goes hand in hand with this. I was listening to a podcast episode um, by one of our friends who we interviewed on this uh, podcast recently, and he was interviewing someone who um, works with death in um, Canada for people that are terminally ill. They were saying that people that are, you know, accepting of their death they're like ready to go they have a good mindset about it they were ready to go they had you know a positive experience embracing death you know that feeling of warmth that feeling of peace um you know just being calm in the moment of death people who were scared who were denying of their death who didn't want to talk about their death who didn't want to prepare for their death it was it was harder to go for these people mm -hmm. um and i think that really says a lot about your state of mind in such like a really just like volatile and unknown and um unpredictable moment it's the end of your life like no one knows anything about that you know we can study and we can speculate but you don't know until you get there and once you get there you can't go back and tell everyone else about it because that definitely made me wonder as i was hearing about those like really negative ndes like <clears throat> are these people that have like the unfinished business like do they are they unsettled like in their subconscious like are there things that they're not happy about in their own lives that like make them want to like that is their wake up call. It's just like, well, you've kind of been a like not nice person. Like maybe you should be better because this is what could happen. Or like, oh, I haven't, I haven't got to do everything I need to do or want to do. Or I'm not where I want to be right now. Like maybe that's what influenced their NDEs not to be good, uh, to be these bad ones. And I mean, 
they're lucky that they're some of the few people that actually get to come back and do something about it after they have these, but not everybody does. I, I really think it's important to embrace the end of life that we have because you should be able to go with like no worries on your mind and just to, to slip away peacefully. But it definitely takes like, it takes preparation. It takes this preparation to be ready to do that and to face it which mm-hmm. is is hard. <laughs> it's especially it hard. in today's society, it's it's hard. It's something that we're not yeah. familiar with. I would say even in instances of traumatic death, obviously no one wants to think like, oh, tomorrow I might get in a car crash and like die. Um you know, I think that that can kind of um you can kind of have a good mindset about that too if that makes sense. Kind of like the saying, like, uh, live every day, like, as it's your last, yeah. um, but in, in a different sort of way. Obviously, like, I'm not actively trying to die, um, but I think um, myself, like, speaking for myself, I feel, n- uh, besides the fact that I'm, like, surrounded by death every single day, I, I do feel, like, a certain acceptance um, that comes with, okay, like, yeah, something might happen tomorrow, and I might not be here um, I do feel like I live my life in like a, a way that's kind of reflective of that. Like I, I don't have any regrets and, you know, I work hard to to do the things that I want to do and, and, you know, just stuff like that. I'm right there with you. I've had one of like the more common questions I get asked when, you know, I say I'm a funeral director. It's like, well, aren't you scared to die? Are you scared to die? Like, I'm like, nah, man, like I haven't been scared to die since I was a kid because yeah. <laughs> as I got older, I'm, I, I realized that myself, it's just like, well, what is fear of death? And for a lot of people, it's like, well, I didn't get to, I didn't get to do everything I wanted to do. I didn't, I don't feel fulfilled in the person I am today. And that's why I myself try to live every day like it's my last. Like I'm pretty proud of what I've been able to accomplish so far, and I jam pack my life full of things that make me happy. So I don't know. I don't know if I have all the answers, <laughs> but yeah, I know. And I, I, you know, thinking about it, I feel so privileged in the fact that you know me and Red are are able to feel this way and to be able to have lives that we're proud of and you know no regrets or whatever. I know that's hard to achieve uh, for so many different reasons for so many different people. But I definitely think there is also like a mindset there that can be achievable. Um, You don't have to be like scared of dying at every turn of corner and every moment. And I I think it's really just kind of like a mindset as well. Yeah, definitely practicing mindfulness, like (laughs) in and of the word. (laughs) Yeah. So I thought we'd wrap up today's episode with a uh, very detailed personal experience shared by a friend. Um, It's a little touchy, and I will add a little content warning here to those who wish to continue to listen. So this person had attempted to take their own life by cutting their wrists, and uh, they had mentioned that their experience was as such. I got out of the bathroom while holding a towel over my wrist. I found some tape, and I taped over it and went to sit on my couch. I ended up on the ground, but it didn't feel like falling. It was like the world tilted and I stayed upright. My ears started buzzing. At first it was like radio static, but then like voices whispering something that just couldn't quite be made out. I couldn't see anymore. The actual lighting in my apartment was pretty dark, but everything turned to gray. But not like a dark gray fading to black, like a light gray. Like the color of a sidewalk that was just getting brighter and brighter, and the still constant buzzing or whispering. And I think I couldn't have slipped out of it or moved or tried to speak even if I tried. I was just lost in this bright gray buzzing, and I think I was very close to being dead. 
Um, and uh, just to kind of summarize the rest of their story, they were actually saved by their kitty uh, nuzzling them into a semi-conscious state enough to be able to call an ambulance and get revived. And their final statement on this experience was, I did feel like I got to the nothing that I kept thinking about that drove me there. The lack of color and the weird, indiscernible, ambient, whispering buzz that just felt like a void. Not good or bad or comforting or scary. I felt like I very much was slipping into nothing. Wow. I was really pleased that they were brave enough to share that with me. It was probably a very hard to retell that. But I think it's important to to be able to share stories like that, too. Yeah, definitely. I, I do agree that the, the NDE, the near-death experience, is very individualized and I think you know a lot of people even though these things are individualized I think they can resonate and uh relate to a lot of people um so thanks for sharing that Red's friend yeah thank you so what will influence the kind of NDE that you get what determines the nature of your NDE and can you life hack your near-death experience honestly who knows saints have reported distressing NDEs and prisoners have reported delightful ones Lifestyle, religion, mental state, social conditioning. It's all a cocktail of all sorts of experiences and core values and a million other little variables that make you you that amalgamate together to create your NDE. From everything that we've learned and heard and experienced researching for this topic, the only constant is that there is no constant. More studies need to be done, um, but it's hard to capture these moments to do so. Uh, So we'll just have to get by on working theories and sharing experiences for a while. And that's all this week on Warp Mike. We'd love to connect with you guys on our socials. So like, follow, and subscribe to us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at Mort Mike Podcast. It would mean a lot to hear your feedback. So please tell us what you think at a comment and drop us a rating on whatever podcast hosting site that you use. If you have any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear about or burning questions that you might have about death, shoot us an email at mortmikepodcast at gmail.com. I also want to give a huge thank you to our friend Marcin for the use of his song titled Deputies of Death, which he produced just for our show. You can check out his bandcamp at marcinmusic.bandcamp.com. Thanks, Marcin. And be sure to tune in the first Thursday of every month for some more casual discussions on death. Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been Mort Mike. Bye. Bye.